Hello, my friends, Nigel here, and welcome to Backable. Another great show this week with Tim and Alana Harari, the COO of the Philodomo Group, sitting down to have a timely discussion about dealing with overwhelm. Now, it's something that we as business owners all deal with from time to time. But what exactly is it? What causes it? And most importantly, what actions do we need to take when we feel overwhelmed to keep us on the proper path? It's a really great discussion. Hope you enjoy. One thing a pandemic brings out in all of us, I think, is a level of anxiety and overwhelm. It's quite funny, really, because I think anxiety and overwhelm were very prevalent for most people who are growing a business at any stage. And it's you know something that I, I'm sure all of our listeners can relate to is that every day you're tackling new problems that you've never tackled before. You're entering the battlefield of business trying to achieve things with limited resources, limited energy, always needing to put in more effort and energy. And it just becomes this whole state of constantly needing to um, find a way to get things done when you feel like you don't have all the tools and things necessary to do it in the way in which you want. So this whole idea of feeling overwhelmed, feeling anxious, it becomes almost a state. But particularly now in the pandemic, I think this overwhelm can be almost paralyzing. We've spoken to a lot of clients, a lot of friends. We've had a lot of feedback on our social media channels where people are just describing what used to be their state of overwhelm and anxiety. But now it's just turned into almost a paralysis because Lana, Nigel, some of us, particularly in um, Melbourne, we're getting famous for being the most locked down, I think, at the moment in the world. So that's good. We've taken top spot. Good to win in something. But the feedback that a lot of business owners are having right now is I actually can't physically change location. And that on top of all the challenges running a business through this pandemic is really, I just feel paralyzed. And I think we should talk about that because it is super important for us to discuss it. But also, it's not that uncommon in different stages of business anyway. And Lana, particularly when we were growing our first few businesses, there were stages where I think paralysis was a great way to describe how we felt at some stages. Are you saying that overwhelm's not the constant state? Crazy. Yeah, it is the old frog in the boiling water that you don't realise how much pressure you've taken on until you look back in years and go, were we actually operating like that? All those things were happening at once and we were still unaware. It takes friends and family to let you know that this probably isn't normal the way that you're working. And it won't be normal to the outside world a lot of the time because we're all trying to achieve things. But this is a different type of anxiety around and we should talk about that because I think there's the state of feeling anxious because of the pandemic, feeling overwhelmed because of the pandemic. But I'd like to talk a little bit about the overwhelm that's created by feeling like you're missing out on something right now because you know there are opportunities around, but you haven't been able to take one at the moment. I know particularly my friends and networks, people are looking around going, hey, this pandemic's terrible, but there are opportunities coming up. And we all know that because anytime there's a disruption in any form, opportunities going to to be there to be found. But people are literally so early on this that they're waiting and getting almost anxious because they haven't found the opportunity yet. I don't want to sound distasteful because obviously there's a lot of people still going through a lot of challenges right now. But this overwhelm by thinking you're missing opportunity can be a very dangerous thing. It's probably not the right sort of pressure that you should have on top of everything else you're doing in your business right now. So you're talking about overwhelm, two senses of it. 
one that actually helps and one that actually hinders the momentum that you're trying to build. Yeah, I mean, there's that good overwhelm, isn't there, which is you're overwhelmed because there's too much opportunity and things are all happening at once, which is a great stage to be in in a business, even though it still hurts like hell, but it's still an exciting type of overwhelm. Or there's the overwhelm of, I know what I'm doing, but I'm focused on what I think I'm not doing or I'm not getting involved in. You know, we see people all the time being distracted in their businesses because they run after the bright and shiny. We saw that with crypto 12 months ago where people were getting, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to quit my business. I'm just going to go all in on crypto. Now, I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. No judgment. No No judgment here. No judgment at all. (laughs) I've got some guys I know that are super successful in that space and finding really interesting ways of making businesses from it. But it was the people who had never dabbled in that form of business were now thinking about changing their whole lives to go after it because there was such a phenomenal growth rate because they felt like they were missing the opportunity of a lifetime because of something that was growing so exponentially quickly. And this is this whole thing now in a pandemic when you've got so much time to sit and think and analyze, you can really drive yourself a little bit mad. And I know people are really struggling with that, but we have to discuss how to deal with that in a positive way. Overwhelm, generally speaking, it does come down to the two sides of it, which is, as we've mentioned, too much happening or not enough happening usually. If we look at it just generally speaking, and I know it's very unsexy to say have a strategy because without a strategy, this is where stress comes from. But if you've got so many opportunities, you really have to pull it back to, but what's the strategy? Because it is really easy to be bright and shiny. I can do all of the things and cause yourself overwhelm versus I actually know what my plan is. I know what my strategy is and I know where I'm going. Even in a pandemic where strategies change, having that strategy and that foundation stops you from going after the bright and shiny and allows you to pick those one or two things that is just, this is my focus. This will get me to step two or step three. But if you don't have that plan, my personal opinion is that's where you start to feel the stress. You're saying yes to everything or you're paralyzed not being able to say yes to everything because you haven't gone back to that plan. You haven't gone back to that, but why am I doing this? And you're almost getting distracted by possibility or potential as opposed to the actual situation. That's an interesting point for a lot of people, isn't it? Because a lot of we know that without a strategy, it becomes hard to focus on the things you should be doing. So if you've got a clear strategy on what do I need to execute next, the overwhelm's a little less because you put it into your filter. Is this taking me closer to my goal? Yes. Great. Do more of it. Is this taking me away from my goal? No. Why are you thinking about it? And it's so, I know it's so uncool. It's not bright and shiny. It's not Silicon Valley and all the good stuff, but that's what success is. It's kicking a hundred times so you can get the goal. It's the same thing again and again so that you master it and you add to it. You don't add 15 things at once. Every one of the masters talk about execution is everything. Execution doesn't mean every day jumping onto something completely different because a lot of people are celebrated for being ideas people being really great entrepreneurs. Oh, you have so many great ideas. You think so differently and then you go, but what have you actually executed? Not much. Well, that's great. Ideas are a wonderful commodity. Um, Give me a bucket of your ideas and 20 cents and you've got 20 cents and a bucket of ideas because (laughs) ideas are worth nothing. Yeah, I just made up that metaphor on the spot now. You can quote me on that horrible. <laughs> Just head to the merch store for that extremely long T-shirt. There 20 cents in a bucket. <laughs> you know what? For that comment, both of you, I'm going to go print that T-shirt yeah, and I want to see if I can sell 100 of them. But no, it's important there around execution. Again, we, we're splitting overwhelm down again and again. There's overwhelm of work to do. 
and there's overwhelm of the planning and strategy and it's the idea of important versus urgent. It's very important to grow your business. It's probably urgent to service your clients and it's that constant pull between the two sides of it of how can I keep doing the important keep doing the urgent and not actually sacrificing within it. And it's very hard because there's always a sacrifice somewhere and it might be your time or it might be your energy. But this idea of overwhelm is coming back to have a plan and execute. And if something new or a new plan or a new idea comes along, have a look at where it fits in the strategy. And sometimes the choice of overwhelm is choosing to say yes to something for the fear of missing out that you were talking about. You bring up an interesting dynamic that I think most business builders have, which is in the early stages, they are fighting between servicing clients or doing what they need to do and running their business. So there's that constant battle between where my energy should be spent. I have to do, as you say, the urgent stuff, but I still need to focus on the important. I think that's when you're under-resourced, you're always looking at that balance, which is I should be on the tools potentially, but I need to keep doing the business development work. So we see a lot of the sub $1 million businesses, they're always in that battle between, why did you stop your business development? Oh, because we got too busy and I was pulled back into the operations. So you have these yo-yo effect of the business going, getting sales, having a sales gap, because you can see it as direct proportion to the owner or the person who's basically running that business, energy and time being pulled into things that when they're there, things happen. So when they're doing a lot of business development, They don't have any problem with sales. As soon as they're in operations, business development suffers and they have this yo-yo for the whole thing. And that's one of the interesting dynamics of sub one million when you don't have the resources. I think second, when you start moving into one to five million, you have a lot of these owners that are starting to create cash and extra cash. And what they actually do is their dynamic slips from having to work with clients or be pulled back into operations because they've got resources in there now trying to help them. But then they start making decisions with that cash flow around. I'm going to do this instead of maybe they've got a core business and instead of going deeper in that core business, they're actually use their cash to follow new great ideas. We talk about that FOMO type thing is because they wanted cash for so long when they finally get it, when they can invest in something else or build something, they actually go straight off strategy because they're so excited as opposed to, okay, you've done that well once, now repeat that 10 times. Don't change your whole business. You might need to do that business somewhere else, exactly the same business. But they start to almost get bored of what's working. So they're looking for something shiny, flashy, new, as opposed to investing in the mastery of what they're doing. And I think that's what you're saying about strategy, Lana. It can be very boring to be successful. Keep repeating consistently what's working, where most people go, I'm going to get involved in this because I'm so bored at work. How can you be bored at work? You're just bored in the role you're playing. Replace your role. When you're looking for something else, what's missing currently in what you're doing that's not giving you the fulfillment? It's not that we don't think of new ideas and we want to run after new opportunities, but most people go way too early and they're not mastering what they're currently doing and growing that and keep growing that even when it gets boring because it's the same thing every day. Yeah, but you're successful at it. Now make it 10 times as big. When you bring FOMO, so fear of missing out into the new version of it, which is JOMO, joy of missing out, um, it's where you actually do become the master of whatever it is that you do, that internal versus external validation that everyone can see. And we've spoken about this before. Everyone can see your success, the flashy car or the new whatever it might be that you want versus internally getting that reward for you know that you're on track, you know that you're achieving, you know that you're 
doing the right thing because the overwhelm gets you to breakthrough as opposed to making you break down from the fact that you haven't got that strategy or that plan and you're just saying yes to all of the things. And I think a lot of the FOMO comes from people not thinking that their business can be ultra successful or a lot bigger because it's taken so long to get to a point. They feel like because it's so hard in this journey, they're in the wrong business and they look around and, and there's a perception that others are making easier money than them. It's just not true. Or they've been in it for 10 years, so they think they should be successful. It's their right to have all of the things, when in actual fact, it's not. It's the boredom or the boring that actually gets you there. And at a certain level, people refuse to do it because they should be able to go and do the bright and shiny thing. That's not reality. I think the social aspect of overwhelm, particularly if we're talking about the pandemic state now, it's one of those things that is contributing to that overwhelm because a lot of people are seeing other people on social that avatar whatever it is and going oh well they're winning they've got this because when you're in that state of overwhelm you are looking to add to it on some level and by putting it external and going they're winning i have no idea how they're doing what they're doing i'm just going to feel overwhelmed by the fact that i'm not winning as much as them and i don't know the steps that they're taking i agree and i think what's become really easy using social media right now is we're all emotional drug addicts. So when we want to feel like some or in some way, we can find a way to feel like that. We can link in on social. We're scrolling through and if we want to feel like crap, we'll find things that make us feel like crap. If we want to feel happy, we'll find things that make us happy. The psychology of your brain being able to scan for what it needs to feel how you want to feel right then is exactly why social media works on every level because there's always something for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, you know, it's quite amazing, but it's that whole thing of, are you trying to make yourself feel more overwhelmed? And this isn't obviously conscious because we're not all sadistic, but on a subconscious level, why do we want to feel that way at the moment? So if we sit there and say, why am I actually feeling overwhelmed in my business? What is the root cause of that? And let's follow that down. And we talk about root cause all the time. But let me trace why I want to feel angry right now. What is it about my business that I'm angry about? Well, I'm angry because I can't operate the way I was six months ago. You've got every right to feel angry. But is that the most conducive and backable emotional reaction you can have right now? Yes, if your anger leads into massive action to do what you need to do to pivot your business to find new opportunities to help others, but you don't have the right, well, you listeners don't have the right (laughs) to buy into low-level thinking. If you're feeling overwhelmed, let's explore it, trace it back. Why am I feeling like that and what is the one thing I can change today? And a lot of people are sitting there I feel so overwhelmed. They go, great, when's the last time you went for a run? I haven't, I've just taken a rest during pandemic. Well, do something about it. We have to work out why we want to feel overwhelmed. Because deep down when you accept it, on some level, you're trying to feel like that to protect or block something. And we talk about this all the time, which is how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm feeling like this. Great. Why do you want to feel like that? It is the most annoying thing <laughs> at seven o'clock in the morning when you just want to have a shit one. But within that is the idea of using overwhelm so you don't have to face reality. So that you don't have to take the steps that you know you have to take. So you don't have to really face the facts of I'm feeling overwhelmed, so I don't have to do this. The pandemic can be a nice jump off point, but also just generally take it away from the pandemic. In business, when you're feeling really stressed, you can say, well, I'm not going to do this job, this run, this decision because I'm overwhelmed and stressed. 
It's a nice thing to hang our hat on. I'm so overwhelmed that I don't have to do this. Yeah, it's an easy excuse. It's an easy excuse. And I know we've spoken about it before, the idea of the hustle. And that was built on working really, really hard. And I guess within the backable family, work hard, of course, but it's that smart, not hard. Work smart on what's your strategy. If you're working hard, what are we aiming for? This whole idea of a hustle is a very nice way of explaining that every business owner knows how hard you have to work. You have to work hard because it is all-encompassing. But this hustle idea of working hard is lost on a lot of people because it's, I'm going to outwork everyone. And go, yeah, That's absolutely a requirement, but not doing menial tasks. That's not what's going to get you the results. Yeah, it's hard work backed with, sorry, unsexy strategy doing the work, but it is coming the idea of using overwhelm for the excuse. why I'm not going to do something, why I'm not going to see someone, why I'm not going to say something because I'm so overwhelmed I can't have that discussion. And I know that we've all used our business lives as an excuse at some point or another. From your point of view, Tim, what do you say to people listening to this who might not be going for a run or having family time or burying themselves in work so that they don't have to do something? What's that conversation you can have with them? Yeah, I'm going to give you my blunt response to that. Shock. Um, (laughs) And the blunt response is very simple. At what point in your life did you give yourself the choice, the choice to not do what you say you're going to do? When did you give yourself an option as the owner or the founder of your business to not execute something your business needs? At what point did you even let an option of not doing it become a choice you can make? And if that was someone you were employing in your business, would they retain their job? So I always when I'm finding ways to do things that I want to do versus what I have to do, I ask myself, if I was watching someone I employed do this, so if I had employed a CEO and they made that decision, would I allow them to retain their job? And if the answer is no chance, then I know that I've really got to calibrate where I'm spending my energy and time or even my mindset at that point. The issue with a lot of us is because we're the owner of the business, we've given ourselves the right to do whatever we want. That's just low-level thinking. Yes, you have the right, but you have the responsibility to do what you have to do to get the business to the next level. You actually should feel like you've got less freedom. You should have more responsibility to set the example and how the whole company's behaving. Whereas I see the opposite, particularly in smaller businesses. People are asking questions about, you know, where do I find time to do business development? I go, what do you mean? Shouldn't the answer be, where do you find time to run your business? Because business developments are non-negotiable because if you don't have any business, you've got no business. And I think it's that idea of you're overwhelmed because you've given yourself a choice. So you're actually deliberating between, should I do this or should I do this? As opposed to, I must do this. This is what I signed up for and I have no choice. As soon as you take away that choice, a lot of the overwhelm because you don't have a decision to make anymore. You have to do it. And I think that's really important because too many business owners, and I understand why, they get to this point of overwhelm and then they start giving themselves options. Whereas if we were sitting there with a framework or a mindset that I want to get the business to here, there would be no overwhelm because you'd be doing the task, not thinking about doing the task. Not just small businesses, as you get bigger, it's the thought process around 
where the company needs to go as opposed to thinking about where the company needs to go after you've made a decision. And it creates overwhelm because you're always stuck in this constant turmoil. And it's very difficult to live in that when you feel like you're not doing anything that's proactive. And I think that's where a lot of, a lot of overwhelm is created is where you don't feel you're moving, not even forward or back, just not moving. Particularly now in this pandemic, that has become very prevalent because people are physically unable to move as they used to. They're not got the same habits, but it's that you just feel like you're not moving. And that's a problem. It's a difficult point because what you're talking about is you don't have a choice within your business, but particularly in this environment, that overwhelm. How does someone know that if they're actually doing what they should be doing in the business or they're hiding in their business doing the actions in an overwhelm from another part of their life which they can't control? Already then you've given away control. Who said you can't control the other part of their life? So where have you made that decision? A lot of people see lack of control as something that I want to delve into. This part of my life is too complicated right now to sort out, so I'll leave it there complicated. So you're giving away control of things like that. I think this gets into a deeper conversation about leadership over your entire life, not segmenting it into smaller parts. So you're bringing turmoil in all these different parts and you're wondering why you feel overwhelmed in this part, maybe your business life, probably because you're using that as an outlet for turmoil everywhere else. It's not easy, by the way. We're in a pandemic. (laughs) This is not easy, but it's still, we see it outside the pandemic. I mean, Alana, we deal with a lot of businesses and they're, they're no different to how they are now. They just find different ways to create overwhelm in their life. And you don't want to use the term excuse because a pandemic is big, but full respect to everyone, we all go through the same thing. We all go through personal, professional, good times, bad times, being bored, being excited. It's more about this mindset of, and again, I will say Tim and I are very lucky, um, we're very blunt with each other. We tell each other exactly what we're thinking when we're thinking it, for good or for bad, depending if you're in the room or not. Uh, if I'm in the room, bad. <laughs> bad. No, but it's, it's our absolute truths is something we share with each other, regardless of what the other person says, it's our absolute truth. Yeah. Yep. And again, that can be good, it can be bad, but we also, because- It's always good, Lana. It's always great. Um, <laughs> we have a rule, which is if the other person apologizes, you have to accept it. You actually can't hold on to it because you might still be annoyed, but you actually have to accept the apology. And you can say, I'm still annoyed, but I accept the apology. But it's this idea of, we have decided that we've got too much going on, business and personal, to allow something because yes, we love each other and we like each other, to allow something like that to actually change things. <laughs> Sorry, just the throwaway. <laughs> yes, we love each other, we like each other, yada, yada, yada. Whatever, we know it, it's <laughs> this, fine. This is sounding like a marriage of convenience, <laughs> if you ask me. I, I, we need to see a counsellor or something, I'm sure. Quite possibly. <laughs> but, yeah, and these are, again, it sounds very dull and beige, but we have ground rules in our relationship because we know that our end goal is bigger than a fight about, I don't know, cooking or cleaning or whatever it might be. You guys work together, live together, everything. So does everyone else now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is, this is no different for us, this pandemic. <laughs> yeah, but you're working towards a common goal. You've had conversations around letting things go to a certain point. A lot of people, their husband and wife or their partners couldn't describe what their partner did in the business. So this is exactly to Tim's point of the decision that you're making. So 
very short example. My father is a doctor. He celebrated 30 years in um, psychiatry at his, you know, award ceremony, whatever it was. My mum said to him, you better not mention me. I don't want to be mentioned. This is about you and your work. And he said, I wouldn't have been able to achieve what I had achieved if you hadn't stepped in and raised the children. And my mum had her own job, but they had the discussion of this is what our family dynamic will be. I know that Tim's parents had a similar discussion. Still, mother worked, father worked, but the child raising was split and they had that discussion. And so while Tim and I are lucky or unlucky to work together and we've had the discussion of what is this like, I guess our role models have been people who had the same discussions even though they were completely different. Wait a minute. I want to stop on that Ooh. point because I can I ask a question? Yeah. With what Nigel was saying, I'm sorry to cut you off, but when you discussed, Nigel, about we've got the same goal, we've had a discussion, I think that's misinterpreted. Our same goal is we want our partner to achieve everything they want in life, so we invest heavily on understanding what they need to be happy in life. Lana's dream business is not working in my dream business. If she had a choice in everything in the world, this probably right now wouldn't be – well, maybe it would because we've grown to enjoy what we're building, but there are more fun things to do in the world, like the world is your oyster type thing. We know what makes the other person happy and we can, at the moment, find some form of happiness with the roles we need to play in the business we are. But we both see this as the cost of what we want to do in terms of where our lives want to be and how we live our lives is probably more important. So we've bought into a common, we'd like this to be our life in so many years and this is what we want to have achieved by then. Whatever we need to do now, we should do it because we think this is the fastest way to get there and the most likely way for us to achieve our goals. Where I observe a lot of people live a life that I couldn't is imagine not knowing your partner's goals. Like what are you investing in? That's your most important investment. You're, you're spending time with someone that you've committed to for life and you don't know what they want to make them happy in life. I just can't even understand that on any level. Not about working together. I think Lana and I are just lucky because we enjoy working together. So we've formed that. Well, Lana's smirking. (laughs) Once upon a time, we really enjoyed working together. Now it's just a grind. No, but it is that understanding, which is I think a lot of people have been forced to spend more time in their personal relationships now and are probably realizing they have not invested enough in their relationships up to this point to actually understand what the family dynamics wanting to achieve or the way that they want to be or how they want to live like these decisions they're making or conversations they're having it's like talking to a stranger about what are you doing it's like how are you at that conversation you need to find a way to communicate differently like why would i want to marry alana and not know what she wants in life why would i be married honestly i may as well just be single and alana and i can be mates Lana and I have a deep investment in each other's happiness and sometimes at the detriment of each other. So we go through our own times and Lana's there to support me emotionally and vice versa and hope I do the same. But if it all came down to it, the only thing that we need to achieve is I want Lana to have the life she wants. So everything else is almost irrelevant. Yeah, and I guess I believe most good couples would have had that conversation about what we're aiming for. My point is you both have the ability because you work together to directly impact the outcome and change the course of things as they're overwhelmed within that business sense. Whereas somebody else, one person works, they're overwhelmed by their business. The other person can't affect their business, but they can help them in other areas of their life. 
Absolutely, and that's where I guess you're trying to play a team game. I don't know if we can comment on anything like that because we've designed our lives around having a life, not having separate lives and then working out how to co-manage a family dynamic. That's I just wouldn't know how to do that because that's the only way we've lived, to be honest with you. But our timeline's probably quite interesting in that I started a business, Tim had his own business, Tim came into my business to make it better. We You're welcome. Anytime. Kid. Tim stole your business. <laughs> Tim, stole <laughs> <my> business. Um, <laughs> Tim then left my business because, as you said, his happiness wasn't in what that was. So he then well, ran separate businesses for, I don't know, four years. But I've, always in the same offices. Always so we always got co offices. Yeah. Yep. So vicinity was always a thing for us. Then I've now stepped into his business. And I think that's probably the fair discussion of, I don't want to say sacrificing happiness because, you know, yes, this is probably not what I would be doing but I'm not not happy. It's more that higher goal of we've been able to build a life that allows us to help the other to achieve the happiness, but it's almost the other person. Tim would never let me not be happy to help him and I would never let him not be happy to help me, but this has been 10 years in process. This has been what's probably discussions of overwhelm that is really fun to have as a 23-year-old, if anyone is listening, in a new relationship. We're lucky to have that, but it's more this idea of things change, the world changes, who have you got to fall back on? Who can you have that discussion of when you're overwhelmed? Either it is the person who says, well, why do you feel like that and why are you choosing to feel like that? Or that same person who says, I can see that you need to feel it. What can I do to help? And these are where those discussions with partners, business partners, employees, to be able to have the discussion of this is how I'm feeling. And this is the help that I need. And I don't think enough people ask for help in overwhelm because they're too distracted by getting a solution as opposed to everyone feels overwhelmed. Overwhelm is normal, but how can you accept that it's normal and be okay with that? And that's really where stress of overwhelm comes from when you try to solve it, when you're not in the mindset to solve it. Yeah, you're not going to find your solution by yourself when you're in that state. You have to find a way to break that state first. And it is going to lead back to, so what do you want? And the problem is your brain knows that it's going to lead back to, why am I overwhelmed? And that's a bad question for your brain because I feel overwhelmed. So that's going to, it's an infinite loop of no solution. As opposed to, if all I did was go back to my immediate strategy of what am I trying to achieve right now? And you ask yourself, am I overwhelmed because this is in conflict with my strategy? great, what do you need to do to change it? You start giving yourself practical ways to navigate out of it. And it helps to have a partner or something like that. But if you don't, a strong plan allows you to at least anchor back to what are the most important things I need to be doing right now. And this is talking about in a business context, obviously, because I want to be respectful for people who are feeling overwhelmed because of the pressures of the pandemic and- Homeschooling. Yeah, and also, (laughs) you know, turn off the news. If, If you're getting overwhelmed, you need to start blocking out the messages coming into your life. I think that's a really important one right now. I'm getting so many people that are having discussions. I'm like, just turn it off. I don't want to be ignorant. What do you mean? You're ignorant now. You're ignorant because you're choosing to filter stuff that you want to filter to to run to your overwhelm. But if you can't handle it, then you aren't ready to filter that type of information because it's affecting you and stopping you doing things. You actually have to switch off things. And on this, uh, Damien and I were having a chat the other day and it happened that when we both had a day of overwhelm, we had the same routine. And that routine was to have a shower, to wash the day away. 
And so when either of us feel overwhelmed and I don't have children, Damien does his homeschooling. So we've got different overwhelms, but it was the same thing that we had this anchor of when I feel overwhelmed, I remove myself from the situation and I just wash the day away and I come out of the shower, a new person. And it seemed that for both of us, that allowed us to reset. It kind of gave I guess, a bit of context to what the overwhelm was and allowed us to step back and say, okay, I've got this, I've got the next step, which comes back to your point of it's a lack of movement, but you can't make good decisions when you can't move. I think you're starting to tap into some high-performance habits. Now, for yours, it's a simple anchor. I can shower and, and in your mind it's washing the day away. It's a really great anchor at the end of the day. It's easier than opening a bottle of scotch, I guess, or whatever it is. But what we're actually tapping into is what pro athletes have to deal with and, and develop themselves. So if you look at a basketball player that plays every night, if you've had a bad game on Tuesday, how do you get it up again on Wednesday? If you couldn't hit a shot, how do you suddenly on Wednesday shake it off and play well? How if you're a Formula One driver that in the practice session two hours earlier, you wrapped your car around a wall, you know, how do you break that mental state that two hours ago I nearly killed myself flying off the track here? These are high performance habits and this is the great thing. You get to build your own. There's no right or wrong. What can you re-anchor yourself with? So when I feel like I'm overwhelmed, what is my routine? For me, as I've spoken about a lot, fitness is a big one for me. Like I like to smash myself in the gym if I just need to get rid of a lot of energy because I feel at least if I'm physically exhausted, the stress seems to go away. But what is your anchor so you can get back to a state in which you can deal with the challenges you've got so far? Nigel, I know you do the same. You know, used to be a big runner. But I think developing routines because if you've got a routine that's now affected by the situation of the pandemic, you actually have to develop a new routine. You have to find something else you can do. And of course, a lot of people have resorted to drinking, but that's not really going to help. That just numbs it for a few hours. So you have to work out what can I do to start conditioning myself as a pro athlete again in your life? How do I not take the stress into my life? If you're working from a home office and you've got a lot of stress, anxiety, overwhelm, and then getting home is not a drive home or it's literally walking through the door and seeing your family or the people you live with, you're going to have to work out a different way to refocus, re-anchor, make sure you don't take that energy. Because the other thing is, who gives you the right to bring that home? And it's not easy, but you have to find a way to keep getting better at it. How do I, when I've had a bad day, still have good energy for my loved ones? And that is really hard, obviously, because we've all had our times where we're like, I just don't want to speak to anyone right now, but you don't have that right. It's actually the unexpected thing that came out of this. I'd always um, begrudged my trip home, let's say, because I had to hit a very (laughs) busy road that could take anywhere between one and two hours. Yeah. But the difference being by the time that I got home, I'd had a chance to reset. Now my family has a ESP Sixth Sense. As soon as they hear the final button go down, I don't know how they figured out it's the final click, (laughs) but literally at the door or right behind the chair, hello, we're here, come play with me. While it's beautiful, there is a 10-minute gap that's needed because otherwise I will still do the things, um, but I may do them begrudgingly and my daughter is of an age now where she can tell and I would hate for her to ever take that on. But taking that extra 10 minutes to just- Take a lap. Take a lap, Dexter the dog and I go around the block come back, we're good. But that took a surprising amount of time, let's say, to figure out. Absolutely. We assume that we can hide things from people. Anyone that knows anyone in more than a superficial way, 
There is nothing you can hide emotionally from people. It is so obvious. Half the problem with Alana and I. <laughs> but but it's true. You just know something is not right, you know, whatever that is. But energetically, you just know. You can walk into your office and know who's not right. And so when you're in tune to that, and particularly now because we're in closer proximity to our loved ones, you actually have to start thinking about what am I going to do to calibrate how I want to perform in the family unit? How do I not less let the stresses of the day or the things that I'm considering kill off opportunities to have nice interactions with people that I care most about because at the end of the day, is it worth it anyway? And if you don't have children and you have a partner, that is your family unit and your partner still deserves to be treated kindly and to have the lap around the block before you come home. When we talk about family unit, it's not about just children and making sure that you've got time for them. It is the loved one or the partner or the sibling or the parent. Your employees. Anyone that you have interaction with that you care about deserves the best version of you and overwhelm takes that away. It's why small businesses also struggle if we want to bring it straight back to the business is most small businesses do an amazing product or service, but they're totally horrible at consistency and not consistency of their product and service, consistency of their relationships, of the way they treat customers. When they start getting busier, they have let, like they can't perform consistently with volume. This muscle that we're building right now about being able to anchor your overwhelm and get back to peak performance behaviors is going to filter through to your business. If you're running a smaller business right now, actually ask yourself, what is the energy of our company when things get busy? Does everyone go back into their shell? Does everyone become much better team players? Do we still perform the same way in communication with our clients, with our suppliers, with our people? You start to see it and it's so obvious when you walk into companies that you're going to help or buy and you just realize they just don't have the infrastructure to get busier. So they wonder why they always struggle to grow. It's because every time they grow, it creates a new stress and they don't know how to deal with it. So they retract back to the size in which they're most comfortable. You see it all the time. That's a really good point for one of your favorite quotes and favorite topics is the idea of being comfortable with change. Yeah. Bathing in the uncomfortable. (laughs) Bathing in it. That's t-shirt number two. (laughs) Surely we can put a merch store of t-shirts that'll never sell.com or something like that. But, (laughs) But it's true. It's actually, you need to seek out uncomfortable situations that will have a positive impact. Most people try to avoid uncomfortable situations and your business and you personally should run headfirst into trying to be more uncomfortable for longer periods of time, to challenge ourselves to be better, to find mastery in things that we find easy. How do you do things before you're ready? It's those people who can take that pressure that I feel so uncomfortable because there's so much happening or as we spoke about the overwhelm and anxiety, what if that's the habitat that you feel most comfortable? What if you could grow to love that? So for me, I've felt like we've been in a pandemic for 30 years. In terms of my approach to life, I've said it to you, Nigel, I've said to you, Lana, when things start to get comfortable, I go, I need a bigger fight. What's next? Because I want to be uncomfortable again. There's a difference between being stupid where you're doing things that are just not well thought out versus how do we accelerate something that's positive 
faster than we're currently doing it to put us under more pressure in a way that we can all grow, not in a way that we're completely going to wipe ourselves out overnight. (laughs) And that's the important caveat (laughs) into that. We don't want to allow for stupidity, Nigel, but I figure those who just take that as I'm just going to try it, they're probably the ones that need to be filtered out anyway. So (laughs) that's that's the whole Darwinism of of business owners that are stupid. But if you put yourself in those situations of overwhelm and you don't know your process of dealing with it, that is self-destruct. Like That is the quickest way to do it you're able to put yourself in very uncomfortable situations because you know your thought process and how to get to root cause and you have a team of people that will do the bits that you can't do. Nigel, my life is an uncomfortable situation. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Every aspect of it, there's a level of uncomfort. But you're right. Once you start to get an army behind you that you trust, that's that whole idea of having relationships you can trust. But this whole idea of finding ways to get uncomfortable, I guess that's what we want to get out of today, which is, Overwhelm is where you want to be because it's where the growth will happen. What you've got to work out is why am I trying to get out of overwhelm as opposed to how do I control the situation when I'm in it to be more productive and push through a new door as opposed to going back the door you came through. Most people try and backpedal the way they came to get out of it. But every time we get into it, I'm like, what do we need to do to push through? because this is actually a growth point for us. Lana and I had a recent one. The last week, we were thinking about a few things, and it really was just overwhelm, which is there's so much happening right now that we have to think about. And I was like, right, what are the massive action points we can take in each of these three areas, and we're out of it, and what's next? Because the overwhelm wasn't overwhelm. The overwhelm was frustration around, I think we can go faster, or I think we can do better, or I think we can double down on it. And that's where I think the real lesson is, How do you make sure that you, I guess, appreciate where you're at and enjoy the environment of a lot happening? How do you actually become someone who doesn't change their behaviors as soon as they feel uncomfortable to do things that don't allow them to grow? And I've seen it in small businesses. They start with the smallest overwhelm. I'm scared to call that person. Why? What if they reject me? I can never do business with them. Good. Then that situation's gone now and get on to the next thing. As opposed to bigger businesses, I don't know if we should borrow that money because if we invest in this and we lose it, we could set ourselves back six months. Yeah, you're in a growth stage. You're going to have to take some risk. That's part of the game. But it's those that I think are really amazing that sit there and go, how do we put ourselves more into situations to grow in ways we haven't done it before? And they generally love it. They get so bored when they feel in control that it's not business for them. It's almost like, oh, should we sell and do something else? I mean, we see this often. Yeah, the the real, I think, mark of success is when you start to get bored with overwhelm, but you're just so (laughs) used to living in that area. And again, you know, the last few months, I won't say they've been easy, but it's almost like the teams that have been built with us and around us were almost ready for it. That this is just what life is. This is constant change, uncertainty but almost that you know that people have got your back. We know that our team have got our back. Our team know, hopefully, that we've got their back, that everything that we were doing as a group was to make sure that the other person was okay. And when you feel overwhelmed, even if you're by yourself, it is this idea of, am I doing the right thing? And if you know you're doing the right thing, overwhelm almost becomes secondary to the fact that you're doing the right thing.
Our periods of overwhelm may last 30 seconds, they may last a minute, but everyone coming back to the pandemic is going to have that moment at some point of, (gasps) how do you snap yourself out of that? Taking action in things towards the things I want. So taking action on something I can control. Because if I'm doing the deep breath and feeling overwhelmed, it means, oh, okay, I've lost focus on what I need to do right now. I'm focused on something that's not delivering me the thing I want. Do I actually need to recalibrate the thing I want? Because what actually are you worried about? Well, these five things are going well, but this thing we might not be able to do again. Okay, that's a situation. Deal with it. What do you need to do? As soon as you get back to practicality and you get back to taking action in the things you can control, then you are now moving through this period. You're now getting stronger. As soon as you sit there and dwell on why you can't do those things and woe is me or it's so unfair, the timing was really bad, okay, that's just an observation. But you're now the spectator. Be the player. Spectators watch sporting games and can say, oh, I could hit that home run. I could hit that three-pointer. Yeah, but you're the spectator. We're not spectators. We own the companies. We lead the companies. We've got responsibility in the company. So your overwhelm is, huh, this is a situation. This is different for me. Great. What action do I need to take? So what am I actually worried about? What action can I take? I'm slightly different. I will do, and I mentioned this before, I'll write my list of five actions I can take around it. So it might not be directly related to it, but it's something that has an impact on whatever the problem is. I'll take the actions that I can or I'll set up the actions for future and then I will leave. I might go and put music on and paint or I might go for a run, but I'll do something completely unrelated once I've taken those actions. Because what that allows me to do is take action and feel good, almost that instant gratification of yes, this is done, but then remove myself from it. Because overwhelm especially in business, as bad as it might be, it's not the end of the world. It's just the reality of it. If your business shuts down, you look for a new job. If you don't get a client, you get another client. There's always another step beyond what happens. It's a bad situation, not a bad life. Yeah. And so by having that step back of, I've done my action, I've done what I can. Yes, I'm proud of what I've taken that action. And having that step back it gives you a bit more perspective of overwhelm as an emotion as opposed to it being an actual problem that has no solution ever. And that for me is the big difference is that perspective and that step back, which I'm very bad at, which is why I have to physically go and do something else. (laughs) Yeah, and for me, and I've spoken about it before, I evaluate whether I keep my job every 12 weeks. So I don't think about it during the quarter of what do I need to do? It's Did I do the things the leader should do of the company? Yes. Could anyone have done that better? Not to my knowledge right now. Great. Then you get to keep your job. You get one more quarter to perform. Most people don't put end dates on their tenure. And I think it's the same way people waste a lot of their lives. On some deep level, we know that life is a finite time, but most people behave as though they're going to live forever. The same way in a company. My company is going to be around forever. It will not. Your company is already closer to its end than its beginning. It happens. That's the nature of a company. You just got to do the most you can today with the best of your abilities and knowledge right now. That's all we can do as leaders where most people will wait till tomorrow and it's just not the way you 
can play when you're building a company. And when we talk about the hustle and things like that, it's around immediate action. You don't have time for the overwhelm. You have time to take action. And if you can change that mindset of as soon as I'm triggered by feeling overwhelmed, I take immediate action. Like Lana said, her immediate action is here are the five things I can affect. Now I need to go clear my head, get ready for game day. Her game day is execution, pumping out that work. But others, they don't. They'll get overwhelmed and they'll leave it a week and they'll dwell on it and they've just lost a week. But if you calibrate that over a lifetime, it's years and years of wasted opportunity. You're pushing out what you want to get in life or what you want to achieve by years and years because there's no urgency around immediate execution. I've never seen anyone who immediately executes in a positive way that regrets it. If you can find a way to anchor yourself to recognize when you're feeling overwhelmed and have your own personal way of navigating out of it, I'm going to take this action, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to chill out a bit or whatever it is, you've now got something else in your arsenal as the owner. You've got something else you can execute and do that's your superpower. And if you've got that, dare I say it, you really are backable. TK's getting way <laughs> too good at dropping the sound cues. <laughs> Lana, Nigel, if these things weren't stuck to a desk, I'd drop the mic. I'll see you all next week. <laughs> Bye. Well, that's all the time we've got for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. And I hope you got some tools to deal with the overwhelm that you may be experiencing in your life. As always, you can head on over to backable.ai to access all the downloadables we've put together. And if you have a minute, please don't forget to like, subscribe and leave a review for the podcast so that others can find it. Now, if you want to stay up to date with all things Backable and Philodomo, please follow us on one or all of the platforms you see below. Looking forward to doing it all again next week. Have a great week. Bye.